All right. Well, I woke up this morning at four o'clock and I checked my phone first thing and I saw that uh, some of our team had turned the alarm off at the building, our new campus at 3.53. In other words, they were at, at 3.53 this morning. They were already working, getting ready for this morning. So honor and bless uh, those who just are jumping in and getting involved. What a blessing it is to have servants of the Lord in the house of God. Amen. Guess I'm going to have to start setting my alarm for 3.30. I don't want anybody beating me on Sunday morning. (laughs) Joyce was getting ready. I walked into the bathroom. She was uh, arranging uh, her beauty. And and, uh, I... uh, I start preaching, and she says, you, hadn't pre- you didn't preach last week, did you? I Nope. I said, I'm ready to go this morning. I have a word from you, for the Lord, for you, called behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. I had another word uh, called sticks, stones, and thorns, but uh, I'm going to wait on that one. How many would rather have behind the scenes today? All right. There is a middle school... Uh, what is the name of our youth group? Amplified Junior High. Get out of here. We got a class just for you. All right. While they're going, let me just say this. Uh, if tonight, if for some reason you forget your wristband, come on anyway. And if you want to bring someone and uh, they don't have a wristband, it's okay. You can vouch for them. It's good with us. All right. Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to talk today about Elisha. Elisha. I just have a word in my heart that's burning. I want to give it to you this morning. Are you hungry for the word? Are you ready for the word today? Behind the scenes. Listen, if you ever want to serve God in such a way that you're successful, you're succeeding, things are happening the way you desire them to happen, you're going to have to be able to see behind the scenes. You're going to have to be able to, to do things and see things that other people aren't doing, other people aren't seeing. I mean, this morning at our campus at 3.53, there were people behind the scenes doing stuff that you would never know about unless I told you. And so it's important that we be behind the scenes Christians, people who can see beyond what everyone else is seeing. In 2 Kings chapter 6, oh, I feel the preach coming on. 2 Kings chapter 6 Beginning at verse 15, the Bible says this, And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Oh no, my Lord. Anybody ever said that? (laughs) Oh no. And that's exactly what he said. He hadn't had his first cup of coffee yet. And he looks up into the hills and he sees surrounding the city, the army, the enemy coming against them. And in verse 16, Elisha, the man of God, answers, do not fear. Do not fear. You know, there's a popular notion that there are 365 references in the Bible to fear. Do not fear, which is a a scripture, one for every day of the year. God doesn't want us to be in fear. Now, the truth is that there are only about 80 references 
uh, contextually in, in terms of not fearing our circumstances and the enemy. Actually, there's not 365, there's about 80. Uh, but if you need 365, uh, then you're involved in a spirit of fear and you need deliverance. <laughs> so uh, I don't want to make light of fear not because it's important in the Bible. Uh, and in verse 17, Elisha, after having said, don't be afraid, he prayed and said, Lord, I pray that you will open my servant's eyes that he may Come on, you're going to have to help me this morning. That he may see. see. That he may see. Open his eyes so he can see. Now, we know he's not talking physically because we know he can see physically. He woke up, looked out before his first cup of coffee and saw the enemy filling the hills around the city. We know it's not talking about physically. Uh, but, but Elisha wasn't concerned about what he could see physically. He wanted him to see what other people couldn't. He wanted him to see what he wasn't seeing. He wanted him to have behind the scenes eyesight, behind what his natural eyes could see. Understand, this isn't a prayer that the servant, or you and I for that matter, would want to be prayed. I mean, if, if I see the enemy all around me, I want somebody to pray reinforcements in. But that's not what Elijah prayed. Elijah prayed this, open his eyes that he could see. He wanted him to see. And what, what he wanted him to look at was what God was doing behind the scenes. I, I think we need to learn how to see behind the scenes. We need to see with our spiritual eyes what God is doing beyond what our natural eyes can see. Because if you can see behind the scenes, then you can get happy. You can get joyful, even in a time that, that, that you shouldn't be, be happy. And, and what did he see? What did he see? Let's, let's look at the, the, the next verse. Oh, no, verse 17. Elisha prayed, said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he can see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. Chariots of fire. Listen, listen, not everybody can see the chariots of fire. Sorry for that 1980 movie reference. <clears throat> the young, younger ones in here, they have no clue what that was about. <clears throat> didn't say they don't have a clue. I, didn't, I said they didn't have a clue about what that movie was about. But listen, it's important that we see what no one else has seen. When everyone else has seen uh, their city being surrounded, their lives being surrounded, their circumstances surrounded with the enemy and the armies of the enemy, we've got to see the chariots of fire that God has sent. If we could learn to see the chariots of fire behind the scenes, if we could learn to see out of a trusting heart, if we could learn to see that vision uh, enables us to see beyond what we physically can see, then we can live a life successfully serving the Lord. We've got to do some, we've had fun already. Well, we've got to do some hard work now. Are you ready for that? We've got to do some groundwork. Let's get a biblical perspective. Let's see what God sees. Because if you want to see behind the scenes, 
you got to know what that's about. Job chapter 42, verses 1 through 5. Let's begin with Job. Then Job answered the Lord. Now, this is after all of Job's mess. How many of you know Job had a mess? This is after all of his mess, after all of the stuff that he went through, all of the unbelieving that he, he experienced, all of, of the stuff that, that uh, caused him to doubt, all of the self-righteousness that he experienced. After all that Job experienced, Scripture says, he said to the, 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 Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything. Listen, there's not anyone in this place here this morning who doesn't know that God can do everything in anything. We all know that. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. We know he can do everything and anything. And Job says, I know you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You ask, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. In other words, Job is saying, yeah, I said some stupid things that they're going to write in my book, the book of Job, and people are going to read about it for the rest of history, and uh, there's some good stuff that happened in there, Lord, remember, but there's some really stupid stuff I said, and it's going to be written down for a record. I uttered what I did not understand. Anybody else done that before? Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Why? Because he wasn't seen beyond what he was experiencing. Listen, please, verse 4 says, and let me speak. You said I will question you and you will answer me. Well, verse 5, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. It's all becoming clear to me now. Listen, if you can see behind the scenes, then it'll keep you from saying a lot of stupid things. It'll keep you from doing a lot of stupid things. It'll keep you from feeling a lot of difficult feelings. If you could just see behind the scenes. And, and so that's, this, what we have here, is a record of Job getting it. It's a record of Job saying, I see it all now. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times when I've, I've experienced things and I've said, oh, oh, I, I get it now. And then I'm ashamed about all of the time I spent saying things and doing things and feeling things that had nothing to do with what God had planned all along. If we could only see behind the scenes. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 is a verse that we all know. It declares what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things. What? It's evidence. It's looking behind the scene. S. C-E-N-E. Or it's looking behind what you are seeing. S-E-E-N-I-N-G. <laughs> Hebrews 11.1 1 declares faith is believing without seeing. What that means, Psalm 25 verse 15, 
What that means is this. My eyes are ever toward the Lord. My eyes are always watching the Lord. My eyes are always looking at what's on the other side of what I'm seeing. That's what faith is. Faith is always looking beyond what your physical eyes can see. Because oftentimes what your physical eyes can see is not pleasing to the heart, to the emotions. My eyes are ever toward the Lord. My eyes are always looking at what God is doing. Literally, we are straining to see God in every situation. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's go back to the 11th chapter of Hebrews. Verses 24 through 27 in the NIV. By faith, Moses. When it says by faith, it means that Moses is now seen beyond what is seen. He's seen behind the scenes. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He was to all of the Egyptians, but he refused to be known. Why? Because he saw behind the scenes. He saw what God had birthed him for. He knew that he was a deliverer. And, and so he had to see beyond what everyone else was seeing. Goes on to say in the next verse, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. What that means is because he could see beyond what others were seeing, he could see behind the scene, he was willing to go through a little bit of suffering. Nobody wants to hear that. But he was willing to go through the journey that was difficult because he saw what was coming. He saw what was next. He saw what was, was behind what he presently was seeing. He didn't want to waste his time enjoying the pleasures of what he could see physically, of what he could do physically. He refused to enjoy the pleasures of sin because he saw something greater. Then in verse uh, 26, we read this. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Oh, you didn't hear that. You didn't hear that. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than any treasure he could have presently because he was looking ahead to reward he was going to get from God for being a behind-the-scenes person. For, seeing some, but for being someone who looked beyond what he could naturally, physically see. And then I love this verse in verse 27. I, I never saw this before. Verse 27 says, As by faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Yeah. Woo! <clears throat> We need some people who can see what is invisible to them presently. Oak Valley Church, we need you to see what is beyond what you can see. We need you to be behind the scenes, people. We need you to see what's beyond so we can rejoice today and get the job done while we move toward our reward. He saw him who is in Visible. Oh, it's getting good now. I want to live in the realm of the invisible. I want to live beyond what I can presently see. Abraham did. Abraham, we're still doing work here this morning. Abraham did. John chapter 8, verse 48. The Pharisees are again pestering Jesus. How many of you 
No, that's what they were good at. Don't be a, a Pharisee. A Pharisee is, is someone who uh, decides to live by the law and not live by life in Christ Jesus. A Pharisee is someone who complains that uh, we sang the same song over and over and over again for 10 minutes. while someone else is wiping snot off their clothes because they're crying in the presence of God because they needed that, that moment and they needed those words in God's presence. Come on, somebody. They're pestering Jesus. It's always the people who know a lot but don't know him who are religious and legalistic, and they stir up stuff, and, and uh, they came to Jesus, and they're telling him that he isn't who he says he is. And then they have the gall to use Father Abraham uh, to push Jesus down and to kick him. And so we read in verse 48, the Jews said to him, aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan? And they called him demon-possessed, Jesus. And Jesus said right back to them, I am not possessed by a demon, but I honor my father and you are dishonoring me. And I'm not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it and he is the judge. For truly I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. And that made the Pharisees madder than a hatter. At this, verse 52 tells us, they, they exclaim, Now we know you're demon-possessed. Abraham died and so did the prophets. They're dead. And yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death? You lying, demon-possessed man calling himself the son of God? Are you greater than our... Oh, here comes the religion. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died... So did the prophets. Who do you think you are? And Jesus replied, oh, I like this. If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim is your God, is the one who glorifies me. And though you do not know him, I know him. And if I said I did not, I'd be a liar like you. But I know him and I obey his word. Amen. Your father Abraham, who is dead, by the way, rejoiced at the thought of what? Seeing my day. Amen. He saw it. He saw it and was glad. Yes. Listen, Abraham saw behind the scenes and he looked into the future and he saw Jesus. Amen. He saw the Son of God, the Messiah, would someday come upon the earth. And these Pharisees are telling him, you're demon-possessed because you say that if anyone uh, obeys the word of the Lord that uh, they'll live forever and never die. And they used Abraham to kick Jesus, and Jesus used Abraham to tell the truth. 
He saw it. Abraham saw it. Abraham saw it. And it caused him to be glad. Listen, if you can be behind the scenes believer, seeing beyond what your eyes see, if you can live that way, you're not going to be mopey and sad and discouraged and disgusted and busted. You're going to be happy, filled with joy. You're going to be glad because you know your breakthrough's coming. You know what's on the other side of what you presently are experiencing. Abraham saw what others didn't, what the religious people couldn't. In Romans chapter 4, beginning at verse one, what then shall we say about Abraham, our friend? What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, is found according to the flesh? Verse two, for if Abraham was justified by what he did, by what he saw, he has something to boast about. But what does the scripture say? Abraham, verse three, believe God. When you believe God, you're seen beyond what you're seen. You're seen behind the scenes. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. You know who Abraham was like? He was just like his father. You know who his father was, don't you? Jehovah God. It was God himself. He was just like his daddy. Look at verse 17. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations, Abraham. And in the presence of him whom he believed in, God, God gives life to the dead. And what does God do? Calls those things which do not exist, which he can't, which you and I can't see with our natural eyes. He calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Why? Because he sees beyond the present circumstances. He sees beyond the present situation. Oh, Lord. He saw it and was glad. Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see What's beyond where, where you're at? Listen, I know you're going to be so happy when we move into the new building because then you, you get to quit hearing about the journey we've been on to get there. Because once we get there, we're not going to talk about the journey anymore. It's time for a new season. Yeah. It's time for a new season of fruitfulness. But uh, since we aren't there yet, <laughs> can't tell you how many times people have, have uh, said to me, well, Pastor, man, you know, well, we just got beat up and we've been beat up and, you know, things are tough. And, and uh, yeah, we got beat up and things are tough and things are take, take a while and it's taken a lot of time. But I got to tell you, I have to live my life seen beyond the beat up. I got to live my life seen beyond what I presently see with my eyes. I got to live beyond that and see behind the scenes. And when I do, I get glad. I get excited. I get happy. Well, let's, let's end this morning where we started, back to Elisha. I like Elisha. I like Elisha. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17. We begin with this word. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he might see. I, and I pray that for you. I've been praying this prayer for you for a long time. Open their eyes and let them see what's next. Open their eyes and let them see what's beyond. Joyce said to me yesterday, uh, she says, we, we just need more 
more servants. We need more workers. And she was talking because she's right now overseeing the children's ministry. She says, we just need more workers. We need more children. I said, I said, yeah, we need more workers and, and, and servants in every area of ministry. Not for what we have, but for where we're going. Yeah. For what's behind the scene. What's behind the curtain. And if you think that, that we're going to sign up and day one, you know, everybody just jump in. and No, we got to do what we got to do today. Yeah. Oh, get ready, because I'm coming after you. Elisha prayed that God was, would open a servant's eyes so that he could see what was going on behind the scenes. But this, this isn't where it all began. It, it was a lifestyle to him. Seen behind the scenes, seen beyond the curtain, seen what was on the other side of his present experience, seen beyond what his servant saw. That, that was life to him. It was just what he always did. In 2 Kings chapter 2, this whole lifestyle began for Elisha when he was a servant to his mentor, Elijah. And Elijah was getting ready to leave the earth. And in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, we read, And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. <clears throat> Oh, that is refreshing. <clears throat> All right. So Elijah getting ready to go to heaven with a whirlwind. Elijah went with Elisha, his servant, from Gilgal. And then in verse 9, it says, And so it was when they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha. Now remember, Elisha is our man of God who sees beyond. Beyond the hills full of the enemy. He's the one who sees behind the scenes. <clears throat> and when they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? Elisha said. Elisha said, please. Let a double portion of your spirit be on me. Are you going to leave? All I ask, if, if you're asking me what I want, I want a double portion of your spirit to be on me. Verse 11, excuse me, verse 10 says, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, now watch this. If you... If you see me when I'm taken from you, then it shall be so for you. You're going to get it. But if you don't, if you don't see me, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire. See, Elisha had seen them before. Long before he got to the mountain, he had seen them before. He had seen them being in the presence of God, and, and he knew that if God did it for him once, he'd do it for him again. He knew that if God would do it for Elijah, he would do it for Elisha. He saw behind the scenes, if God will do it for Pastor Tom, he'll do it for you. If God will do it for Billy Graham, he'll do it for you. Because God is not a respecter of persons. 
I like what Reverend Nasser says. Let somebody's, someone's testimony be your prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> if he did it for someone else, he'll do it for you. Yeah. And Elijah said, you want a double portion? Then you've got to see it yeah. before you get it. And Elijah went on up. Verse 12 says, and Elisha what? Elisha what? Saw it. And he cried out, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And so he saw him no more. Let me tell you what this is all about. Elijah said to Elisha, if you want what I got, you got to see it. It's not enough just to want something. you got to see beyond the scenes. If you want breakthrough, if you want healing, if you want victory, if you want peace, you've got to see beyond your anxiety. You've got to see peace beyond your worry. You've got to see healing beyond your disease. You've got to see beyond what you're presently seeing physically. That's, that's exactly what he was saying. You want a double portion of what I got for ministry? Then you've got to see it. He saw it. And in verse 13, he took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he went back and he stood by the bank of the, of the Jordan. He got it. But he got it because he saw it. Oh, I, I've got to hurry. Excuse me, five minutes. <clears throat> Can you sit five more minutes? Yeah. Five more minutes. Second Kings chapter three, still talking about, about Elisha. He also, uh, second Kings chapter three, beginning at verse 16. Now the, the setting here is the Moabites are coming against Israel and Elisha tells Israel to dig ditches even though they're in a drought for water. So that their people and their crop and their animals can, can be revived and restored. So be, they'll be strong to fight against the enemy. And he, said, and he said, thus saith the Lord, make this dry valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, you aren't feeling any wind. And you're not seeing any rain. All you see is drought. Yet I see what you don't see. I'm looking beyond what you're seeing physically. I'm seeing behind the scenes. This valley shall be filled with water, so much so that your cattle and your animals will be able to drink, not just you. And this, this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. Listen, whatever it is that you're seeing beyond what you're seeing, Whatever it is that, that, that is clouding your vision of what God sees behind the curtain. What he sees beyond is a simple matter. To you, it's this huge overwhelming thing. Because in your body, you feel like death warmed over. In your mind, you feel like you, have, you are filled with anxiety and fear and worry. And yet God says, if you can just see on the other side... This is simple for me. This is easy. And he'll also deliver the Moabites into your hands. Remember the little widow woman that Elisha ran into? Someone said, how widow was she? She was widow. 
the, the man of God in, in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 2. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 2. And Elisha said to her, what do you want me to do for you? Tell me what you have in the house. And she said, well, your maid, she couldn't pay her bills. She had no money. Couldn't take care of her family. Her son, your maidservant has nothing in the house but one little jar of oil. And it's not enough. And so what did Elisha say? He said, you go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and don't just gather a few. What's happening? The widow woman, she, she couldn't see behind the scenes. She could only see what she held in her hand. But Elisha, he was good at seeing behind the scenes. He could see what was on the other side. And he says, you better go get some vessels. You better go to every neighbor you got, and you better find every jar, and you better get ready, because what I see that little jar you have in your hands not going to be able to handle it. He saw more than enough behind the scenes. Last story with Elisha, 2 Kings chapter 6. Anybody remember the story of the axe head in Scripture? The axe head. Let, let me just read it real quick. Sons of the prophet said to Elisha, See now the place where we dwell with you. It's too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan. Let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we can all live. Let's build a house. And so he said, all right, go. And then one said, please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, okay, I'll go. So he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. And as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the murky water. And he cried out and said, oh, no. This is my neighbor's axe. I borrowed it. How many of you ever borrowed something that you destroyed or lost? I borrowed my dad's car once. I was a teenager. I don't know what happened. But I remember quoting scripture. Oh, no. So Elisha came and said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. The, the place. Well, I was, I was chopping wood here, and it, it flew off, and it's, it's somewhere right in here. So Elisha cut off a stick, and he threw it in. And the axe head floated up. Elisha could see and, and because he could see he, what no one else could see, he was able to retrieve that which was lost. Verse 7 says, therefore he said pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and he took it. Seen People who see behind the scenes call up that which is lost. That which you've lost in your life, if you can see behind the scenes, you can call it back. Oh, there'll be a journey. But if you can see it, then you can call it back. 
If you can't see it, you may as well move on to the next season. But if you can see it, you can call it back. Seen behind the scenes, people see it and are glad. Seen behind the scenes, people see the invisible. I want to ask you a question. Can you see it? Can you see it? What's on the other side? What's on the other side of your life? What is it that, that has you confounded? What is it that has you discouraged? What is it that has you fearful? What is it that you can't see anymore? If you can see it, if you can get on the other side and see it, then that means that God is still in it. And that means that the plan of God is ready to be accessed. But you've got to see it. You've got to see it. I'm not, I'm not preaching you some gospel today that you can have everything that you want and anything that you want at any time that you want it. I'm preaching you the gospel that says if you can see it, it's because God has allowed you to see it. And if you can see it, then you can access it. And you got to be willing to go through the journey. But if you're willing to go through the journey, you'll be able to see. You know what I dream about? I'll tell you what I dream about. I'll tell you what I think about. I'll tell you what I meditate about. I don't meditate about uh, five years ago. We had four English services Saturday night and three on Sunday. And, oh, our church was full. And, oh, I don't meditate on that. You know what I meditate on? You know what I think about? You know what I look at? I'm, I'm, I'm looking at what's on the other side. I'm looking at what's, what's next. I'm looking at the next season. I'm looking, I'm looking at the next season of fruitfulness for the master. Uh, I'm looking at what the Lord is up to and what the Lord is doing. That's what I'm looking at. And I don't know about you, but whatever it is you can see, you better start looking at it. You better fix your focus. You better set your eyes. You better get ready because God is wanting you to get breakthrough onto the other side. Amen. There's, there's a song that talks about that. I don't think it's a Christian song, but you got to push on through to the other side. Yeah. <laughs> and you do it with your eyes, not the arm of the flesh. Oh, I'd like to make things happen by the arm of the flesh. I'd like to grab a hold of some things and drag it over. Yeah. But that's the arm of the flesh. You got to push it through with the eyesight. Yes. You got to see yes. behind the scenes. Oh, thank you, Lord. Jesus, we bless you and honor you for your word. Today, we exalt you and lift you high. Thank you for showing us, Father, all that, that you've planned for us, Father. For every family that is here, you have a vision for them. For every person that is here, you have a vision for them. You have something that you want them to see so that they can access it. Lord, there is something in every body, in every mind, in every emotion, in every family, in every relationship. There is something in every ministry that, that you want us to see. And if we're going to rely upon what we naturally, physically can see, then we'll never be able to access what you've placed on the other side. Oh, Father, let us see and be glad as, as, as Moses saw. Oh, Lord, let us see the future and be glad as Abraham did. Oh, God, let us be like Elisha, the man of God, who in every situation and circumstance saw what no one else could see. We honor you and bless you today, Father. 
May we call up the axe head in our lives. May we call them up and out of the mucky, miry river they have found themselves in. May we call them up and get them set back on the handle where they're supposed to be, doing what they're supposed to be doing. We honor you today, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you for your word. Amen. Amen. Everybody close your eyes for just a moment. How many of you are here today who you've lost some axe heads? Somehow they got away from you. They're in the water. Maybe it's an assignment, a ministry, a relationship. Maybe it's the call of God. Or if you're here today and you've found yourself in the journey and you're not glad, you're not happy, and you can't see beyond what you see. And this word from the Lord today was for you. And you're going to leave here and make application. How many needed to hear this word today? Just lift your hand, wave it at me. Yeah, all over the place. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to your people, for ministering your word to your people today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Close your eyes. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, he's my Lord and my Savior. I decided many years ago to commit my heart and life to him. I decide to let him be the Lord of my life. I decide to let, let him make every decision that needed to be made in my life. I decide to let him call all of the shots. I made a mess of things in my own life. I, I couldn't, I wouldn't respond in obedience to what God and his word said. And at some point, I had to give my heart and life over to the Lord and say, I can't do this on my own. I need you. I need you as my Savior, as my Lord. If today you're here, probably a decent human being, but you recognize you can't live this life without Christ. You recognize that you can't do it on your own. See, the Bible says if you will confess with your mouth, speak words that declare you've made a decision to let Jesus be the Lord of your life. If you will do that, the Bible says you'll be saved. Saved? from a wandering, aimless life on this earth, hitting and missing on who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do and save to eternal life. Because we're all having an appointment with death and one day when we die, our spirit is going to leave this body. The body's going to stay. Our spirit's going to go one of two places, separated from God for all of eternity into a literal hell of torment which was not prepared for us by God. It was prepared for, for the angels that fell. Or we will be with the Lord for all of eternity, exploring the wonders of, of heaven and all that God has created. Too large, too overwhelming for us to fathom intellectually. 
but to be with the Lord, to worship him around his throne. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, if you're here and and you have knowledge of him, but you've not asked him to be Savior and Lord, you believe in Jesus, but you've not asked him to be Savior and Lord, or if you are away from God and you want to come back home to God, through his son Jesus. If this describes your life and you want me to pray with you right now before we go, I want you right now to lift your hand and wave it at me. Pastor, thank you. Thank you. Who else? Pastor, pray for me. I I need Jesus. I need to get right with God. This is my day. This is my moment. I'm not letting this go. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. I need Jesus today. I need the Lord. All right, let's all stand together. You raised your hand. <clears throat> I applaud your boldness. Now I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. The Bible says, confess me before man. What I'm ask, about to ask you to do, those standing around you have done themselves. They made a public confession of Jesus, Savior and Lord. Those of you who raised your hands, I want you right now to come quickly, quickly. Join me right here in the front. Come on. Hold hands together. What is your name? Sierra. Sierra and Lily. Lily. Let's pray together. First of all, Lord, thank you for Sierra and Lily. Thank you that they have boldly declared today that you, Jesus, are their Savior and Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that today transformation happens in their heart, in their life. They are loved by you unconditionally. You come into the heart and life to be Lord and Savior. Lord, help us as a church family to encourage them and to help them and to teach them and to lead them to a greater relationship with you than they've ever known. Sierra and Lily, pray this prayer with me. Church family, join us. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me, for forgiving me of my sins. I believe that you, Jesus, are the Son of God. You died on the cross, rose again, and today come to live in my heart and life as Lord and Savior. From this day on, I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Yes. Listen. Listen.